yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you, you, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saltalamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Yeah, he wants to smile a different way. And he launches this one to left field. Grand Slam! Vladdy. All right, there you go. Ben Wagner on the call. Home run call of the day. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Grand Slam. What a call. I love the home run call to the day. Makes baseball not boring. One of the many, many reasons this podcast being another one. Thank you, for Ben Wagner, for having such a great call. Thank you for all the calls that we've had at the beginning of all these podcasts. I think it's been awesome. If you have any nominations or you say, hey, you know, listen, I want to hear this call, this home run call. I heard it. I want you to surface it because we can't get to all of them, but you can help out. It's a community deal here. Producer Evan can only do so much, but he's been doing a great job. Surf, he got this Ben Wagner call. Thank you, Evan. Great job, as always. Well, speaking of great jobs, the Blue Jays beat the Rays 20 to 1. The Blue Jays get things right 20 to 1 when you usually do that. Speaking of think, getting things right, the Yankee fifth straight win, Anthony Volpe walk off. Speaking of getting things right, Nathan Avaldi, holy mackerel, what a free agent signing for the Rangers. Second complete game of the season, holding the Pirates to one run. Speaking of getting things right, the Diamondbacks, they aren't going anywhere. 29 and 20, four straight wins. And speaking of getting things right, I don't even know if this is getting things right, but if Shohei Itani did, he's probably right. Who, did, who knew that he loved Funyuns? Yes, everybody knows by now. You can see it on socials. Shohei Itani sitting there eating Funyuns. Not for me, but maybe they are now because maybe the best baseball player of all time is eating them. There you go. Did Babe Ruth eat Funyuns? I don't know. I know that, as Wade Miley once said, he probably wasn't a vegan. I think he would have trended more on the Funyun side. Well, that's the maybe the biggest Angel story of the day. The second biggest, or maybe the tie, is Mickey Moniak. And Mickey Moniak's story is, is, is catching fire right now for good reason. He was the first overall pick in the 2016 draft. Yes, Mackenzie Matthew Moniak was the number one pick in the 2016 draft. $6.1 million signing bonus. Does, makes, his Phillies, makes the Phillies in 2022 coming out of spring training. Impressive outfielder getting to show his stuff, getting to show all the potential that made him that first pick out of high school, and then fractures his hand. Next thing you know, at last year's trade deadline, part of the Noah Syndergaard trade, ends up with the Angels. Well... Here we are. We're sitting here. Anytime that you have the first overall pick in any draft, that guy is going to be followed for the rest of his life, for better or for worse. It's The crosshairs are on him. And with Moniak, for a long time, it was like, oh, when this guy, when is he going to like surface? When is he going to actually prove that he was worth that pick? Even though he, you know, this is a guy that maybe maybe they shouldn't have picked in the first overall pick in the draft of Phillies. He was only 170 pounds. He talks about this in the podcast, 
But you don't. This what 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 should we make of this guy? Well, what we should make of Moniak right now is that he's a good player. He's a good baseball player. He got called up to the Angels at the beginning of the month. Since then, he has played in ten games, hit four nineteen with a nine thirty five OPS, and this is a very timely time to talk to Mackenzie Matthew Moniak. Yes, for the second straight day, he goes deep for the Angels. Angels win once again, beating the Red Sox. But I, I thought it was a fascinating guy to talk to. And when we want to talk to people here at the Baseball is a Boring Podcast, when we want to advance the conversation, when we want to jump into what everybody is talking about in the news of the day and the people of the day and in the storylines of the day, well, there you go. We jump right in. Both feet first. And today, that was with Mickey Moniak. So, Mickey Moniak, on the day that he hits his second home run in as many days, I talked to him about what it was like to be a first overall pick. What advice he would give to a first overall pick. The challenges, the great things, all of it. All the way to what he's doing now for the Angels, which is, once again, just it's, it's a small sample size, but also a great story. All right, I hope everybody enjoys. Go to the socials, at BB Isn't Boring. Thank you, everybody, for following on Twitter, for following on Instagram. Please message us with any ideas, any thoughts. Producer Evan doing a great job. At BB Isn't Boring. You can also find the link there to the T-shirts, the sweatshirts, Baseballs and Boring, And, of course, a damn near perfect game. I don't know if you know this. The march to the All-Star game for the godfather, Joe Kelly, continues. Another scoreless inning. All right, well, here you go. Speaking of the All-Star game, it might might be too late. Who knows? Who knows? we still got a couple months to go. Who knows? Maybe we catch up with Mickey Moniak in Seattle at the All-Star game. But in the meantime... We're catching up with them in Anaheim. Here's Mickey Moniak. When you when you look right now, like when you were drafted, and we've had other guys come on and say, "Hey, you know what? I thought I had a pretty good handle of this, but maybe I didn't." For sure. How do you look back at that? Yeah, I mean, my career in particular has been a bit of a roller coaster. I think that um, you know, I think the the best piece of advice I could have given my younger self is to just believe in in you um you know i think that coming through at a young age there's a lot of uh negativity and a lot more positivity i would say but um being the younger younger uh nikki i was definitely more focused on the negativity and instead of controlling what i can control and uh kind of just believing in myself and, and uh, leaning on the people that, that also believed in me, I kind of fed into that, you know, social media, you know, whatever it may it's be. It's hard, man. Like It's a different game. <laughs> it's, uh, you know. I mean, it's probably, like, compared to you know, 2016, compared to 2006, compared to 2023. Yeah, 100%. It's, I mean, it's just a... To watch, even since, yeah, when I got drafted to now, I think it's uh, it's crazy. You know, kids in high school are getting NIL deals. They're getting got hundreds of thousands of followers on social media and stuff like that. I couldn't imagine doing that. You know, I was, I was just a kid in, in Southern California just having fun with my friends playing baseball. And, you know, obviously wanted to do it professionally. But um, 
I mean, I felt like I had um, some responsibilities yeah, exactly. that maybe people 10 years before me didn't have, but yeah. I mean, those guys coming yeah. up now have responsibilities that I didn't have. So I think it's just the way the game's evolving, the way the world's evolving. It's uh, you gotta you gotta definitely learn how to deal with it. It could eat you up. So you would, you would said something interesting, which is like you have to fend off the sort of the negativity, right? When you're the first pick, like you think it's all positive, for sure. But still, I mean, so as you're leading into that, is that I don't, I don't know how much you had to fend off social media, like you said, like now probably social media for oh. is, is, is yeah. No, I definitely in the in the earlier years, I remember my first full season, I would pay way too much attention to it. And, you know, I get a lot of support on there, and I get you know more support than negativity yeah. for sure. But there's always those negative comments and. Uh, and you're a high school happen. kid. That's tough, man. Like, yeah, you know, being 18 years old, you're like, why is this random person and wherever it may be bashing on me on a Tuesday? And, you know, I'm just trying to play baseball. But, you know, you learn that it just comes with the territory. It comes with, uh, you know, the game that we play, the, the notoriety that... Um, that us baseball players and athletes in general uh, seem to get. Um, you know, that's just part of it. And learning how to deal with it is something that I had to learn, um, you know, at a young age. And um, I feel like I've got a pretty good handle on it now. And, um, when, when did you get a handle on it? Nah, I think it's just progressively gotten better throughout the years. I don't think there's ever one time where, you know, I've, I've figured it out. I think it was just a slow growth of... Uh, just learning and you know finding out what works for me. Um, yeah. We when when a player is any time a player does anything, we look where he's drafted, right? It's, and then you know, a lot of times a player be like, oh, you picked up this guy. And I've talked to GMs about this, about how like the guys who are first or second round picks they'll get a bunch of chances because we like, oh, oh, that guy's a first round pick. Okay, so that's first round pick, the first overall pick is looking back at it, you want, I don't know, I guess like my question is, how much did you want to be that guy? And also, looking back at it, how much of it, like, ah, uh, it wouldn't have been so bad because, you know, you go from the, the crosshairs to the crosshairs. Right. You know? Yeah, I think, um, you know, early on, I definitely, you know, put expectations on, on myself that, you know, maybe other people had for me instead of knowing who I was as a baseball player and trusting in the development and trusting in the work that I put in on a, on a daily basis uh, all the way from when I got drafted to now, I think that um, I've learned that, you know, I'm me. All I want to be is me. I know what I can do on a baseball field. I, uh, I feel like I bring enough to the table to help a team win. And, uh, you know, those, those outside expectations, that's... That's other people putting it, putting it either on me, on other people, whatever it may be. And I think that's worth learning how to tune that kind of stuff out and just focus on what I do on a daily basis. It's uh, something that's been important for me and, and something that you know I continue to strive to do. And um, yeah, I think that uh, I have any advice for a young guy is just stay true to you and, mm. and just continue to be yourself and have faith, have trust, have confidence in, in your ability. You know, lean on people. Um, you know, that are in your corner and uh, yeah, never give up. Two things. One was the burden more. Was the burden more than you thought it would be? For sure. I think yeah. that, um, 
you know, I got drafted. Oh, yeah, no pressure. Because in reality, I really didn't feel any. I think that going into my senior year of high school, you know, there was never any pressure to get drafted first overall. You know, I was never a, really a thought to get drafted first overall until about halfway through the season. I put up a good year. And, um, I think what uh, what allowed me to do that was just focusing on having fun, just playing, winning, and just. Isn't that, isn't that great? Like high school, high school baseball is great, right? Yeah, oh, it's the best. I mean, I play with like my best friends to this day, or my teammates from high school, and it's still some of the funnest baseball I've played yeah, in my life. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, you know, going into it, there really didn't feel much pressure, and then uh, I think it. It wasn't so much the pressure. It was I had my struggles in the beginning, and and once that happened, you know there was a lot of. Uh, that's where the negativity came in. That's where, you know, for the first time ever, I was getting. Uh, I was starting to doubt myself a little bit. You because you had never. Never failed. Never I mean, I, it's you know, you have your you have your days, but you know, high school hit the four hundreds every year, travel ball every tournament. Contributed was the three hitter hitting. 500, 600 for a tournament. Like, I think that uh, I remember in played for Team USA. I think I hit three something and thought I had a bad tournament. You know, it's just it's just stuff like that. Learning that you know the game of failure and learning how to fail is something that took some time. And uh, yeah, now we're here. Was there? This is a cliche question. Was there a turning point? Was there a piece of it? Sometimes it's it's an evolving thing. Sometimes it's, it's somebody says something to you they're like, "Well, I, I don't know whether for you was there a turning point where all the things you said of like, hey, worry about myself, just have fun.' Was there that moment? I think that uh, for me, um, you know, I think that in low A I hit 300. To start the year, I think getting close to the All-Star break, I was right around 300 and ended the year at 230. And, uh, you know, after that I realized that, you know, things can go up just as fast as they can go down. Next year started the year hitting 200 and um, ended the year hitting 270. So, had a good year. Had a good year in double A and then, you know, obviously COVID happened and I think that was just a, uh, pretty much trying to relearn the stuff that um, I had learned my first two seasons, first three seasons. And, um, you know, taking three, four months off like that, you, know, you kind of you tend to lose it a little bit, at least for me personally. And um, you know, just trying to um, get that experience back. Uh, I think 21 was a big year for me as far as learning goes. I think that you know I was up and down close to 11 times. Um, oh man, really? Yeah, up and down probably 11 times. Started, we got called up at the beginning of the year, started some games, and then got sent down and didn't start a game after that. You know, it was mostly just pinch hit, defensive replacement all year. And, uh, you know, it was putting together a pretty good year in AAA, and, you know, just kind of, I let it affect me emotionally, and I let it affect me, uh, I let it affect my uh, my play. And um, I remember after that year thinking, you know, all right, well, I got to do some look in the mirror and, and kind of just learn, learn from what just happened and, and you know, kind of, you know, anything can happen in this game. You'd be up, down, side to side. You know, it's, there's never tomorrow's never guaranteed, especially you know in a young young player's career. And um, you know, so I kind of used that going into 22. You know, thought I had it all figured out, felt good, had a good spring training, and then broke my hand. And then so dealt with in 21, the calling up, getting sent down, called up to 22, dealing with injuries, something I never dealt with. So that was a huge, another huge learning learning curve. I think that is it, uh, isn't baseball. It's just, I mean, <laughs> but this is like this is what are you 25, 25, yeah, 25, and like holy mackerel, like this is it's hard to see now, but to 
to be able to like come through this stuff, you know? For sure. I think that uh, it's only made me better. Um, it sucked in the moment, for sure. I, you know, it's obviously not fun, but um, you know, I think that in order for growth to happen, you need to deal with some stuff and you know, deal with failure, deal with adversity, and um, you know, I think that I've done that and came out of it with confidence in myself. And you know, like I said, tomorrow's never promised. Anything can happen in this game. I can get hurt tomorrow and, and be done. I can, you know, anything can happen. So I'm just enjoying myself right now, enjoying being here, um, enjoying contributing, um, and just love to continue to do that for as long as I can. Did the trade was that? I know that's a cliche question too. Was this sometimes you're like okay, you know maybe a new set of eyeballs and also by the way somebody wants me you know for sure you know I yeah don't know, that felt different it definitely I mean it was definitely a nice little change of scenery I think that um, you know I have nothing but good things to say about Philadelphia and, and you know the way I was treated over there and, and uh, you know the coaches I had the front office everyone was great you know it was just uh, a situation where they had a lot of money on the field and, and they were looking to win now last year and so um, in the little opportunity that, that I was given I didn't perform and, and um, you know in, in that case didn't get didn't get much opportunity after that so um, you know I think that getting traded over here last year um, with the Angels struggling with injuries and all that stuff and just kind of getting uh, a good month and a half um, playing again and um, just being able to play in the big leagues and go out and play, you know, play a bunch is uh, something that was huge for me. And, and obviously being close to home is also big. Um, but yeah. I think it's just a comfortability thing. I've You could go back to my splits in the minor leagues, and I've, for the most part, struggled every first month of the season. There's always a learning curve, and I think there's always a adjustment period and, uh, you know, tend to do pretty well the second half of the season. So um, those at-bats and that time in the big leagues just came over a more stretched out period of time. Um, but, you know, we're here. Just controlling what I can control. Well, does, it feel, does it feel like high school, like you said? Like, the most fun, <laughs> for all of us, the most fun is either high school, college, whatever. But does it feel like now, now, and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, you're right, but what you're going through now, like, okay, okay, the joy of all of this is back. For sure. I think that, you know, I never really, never lost the joy for the game, but it's definitely, uh, it's a little different. Uh, it's a different game up here. You know, there's, there's the business side of the game. There's you know, playing in front of thousands of fans who, you know, have a vested interest in wanting to see you win. And I've been a fan, and I get it. Um, so there's a little bit of added pressure. So um, just kind of going through everything uh, that I have is, has led me to, to right now being just content to go out there. And, and you know, if, if I can look in the mirror after every single game and, and you know, know that I gave it everything I had, I, you know, busted my ass on every play, every possible opportunity um, didn't take it for granted. I think that, um, you know, I'll be able to sleep at night. And, um, I think that that has led to having more fun. Was this your park? I should know this. No, nah, San Diego. Uh, I was a San Diego uh, guy, so I was a Padres fan. Uh, but close by, I've been, you know, came here in high school a couple yeah. times and uh, to, to kind of play, do showcases on the field. So it's a close set. Did, sure. did you, so when you did the showcases, did you, you hit a home run last night as we're sitting here. Mm -hmm. 
Did you hit it in that same spot in the showcase? Ever? God, no. I would wait about a buck sixty. Did you really? I wasn't hitting any home runs. <laughs> I was hitting singles and doubles and just had a good swing. So, yeah, no home runs when I was. Were you really a buck sixty-five? I got drafted. I got to Florida. I think I was one sixty-seven. Were you really? Yeah. So. Wow. I came a long way. You must have been a good baseball player. <laughs> I, yeah, I'd like to think so. I think a lot of other people thought so too. So. The, the last thing is for the draft is month and a half, right? Whoever that is, there's going to be that first pick. And I, it probably you already answered this, but, but I'll ask again, like, that person, if you like, you said, okay, you know what, this is what I would tell you. And not understanding that it's different, you know, we're seven years away from what it was. But still, there's a lot of similarities, too. If he was sitting right here, what would you say to him? I would say just have confidence in yourself, love the game, um, Learn to deal with failure. Um, hope you don't have to, but you know it's always a good tool to have. And um, you know, being the first pick, it's, I look back and as much of a burden as it may have been at times. I think that it's a huge honor. Um, you know, it's something I wouldn't trade for the world, and it's something that you know, I'll be able to tell my kids one day. And, and you know, not a lot of people get that opportunity to say so. So, um, you know, I just say enjoy it, have fun. Uh, celebrate, you know, Did you celebrate? You do. I mean, I got to spend time with family and friends. So I, I got a good draft story. I'll tell you after this, but the uh, from uh, Joe Kelly, the, okay. Joe, the all-timer, which is an OG's right down the street. Here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah, but I've, we've said this on, on the podcast a million times, so I'm not going to bore But the last thing is, is that we ask everybody this, and there's no wrong answer. Why isn't baseball boring? There's like we've had Ask Manfred, Ask GMs, Ask Managers, and, and the, the great thing about it is that almost everybody has a different answer, and there's no wrong answer. So, is there anything that jumps to mind? I think anything can happen. You know, we got the pitch clock now. I was going to say, you know, there's no shot clock on baseball. There's no quarters or anything like that. So, you know, no one's ever out of it. You know, there's always opportunities and. Um, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, like I said, anything can happen in this game, you know. You can get a, I guess pitchers aren't really hitting anymore, but, you know, just, you never know what you're going to see coming to the ballpark. There's still stuff that I I experienced playing that, you know, I've never seen in my 22 years of playing baseball. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's an ever-changing game, and you know, I'd, uh, I hope people enjoy it as much as I do. You ever catch a ball? Catch a ball like in the at crowd. a game? Yeah. No, no. I got handed a ball one time as a oh, kid, you did? but yeah, oh, never, yeah. never caught one. That's myself. cheat code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, thank you so much. No problem. All right, that was good stuff, man. Like that was good to catch up with him, sit down with Mickey, and and uh, and I think he offers great perspective because I don't know if you know this, I have never been a first overall pick in the draft. Well, another high draft pick guy back in 2017, Red Sox pitcher Tanner Houck. So we're sitting there after the game he pitched the other night, and he's talking about how awesome it is to face these future Hall of Famers, Mike Trout, Shohei Itani. And this is just a genuine reaction. So I wanted to loop back with him and just talk about what that is like, what it's like to go up against these guys who you idolize. Who I don't think that's too strong a word. When you know that these guys are going to be sitting on the stage at Cooperstown and accepting their Hall of Fame plaques, and you know that you have to get them out, that's an interesting dynamic to me. How, well, 
you know, he's done all right for himself against some guys that he probably have, has, I don't I don't know if he's idolized, but he certainly have, has looked at them as a younger man and like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I got to face that guy. George Springer has struck out five of seven at-bats against him. Shohei Itani, three of five at-bats against him. And Mike Trout, a guy he struck out once again the other day, he struck out two of the four at-bats that he faced Houck. Houck is just a genuine guy. He offers a genuine perspective when it comes to what it's like to actually play baseball against the guys who you you thought you would never, ever, ever probably ever imagine playing baseball again. That's just how it is. I mean, I think that we, we try to play it cool so much, whether it's a reporter or whether it's a player. Well, it's time to stop not – the time to not play it cool anymore, and that's what we tried to do when we had this conversation with Hauk. You know, he understands, like, you have to get guys out, and you're going to hear that. But I just want to add this into this podcast today. It's a nice little conversation, give you a, an idea where – a Major League Baseball player is coming from when it comes to geeking out over facing some of these guys. All right, thanks to everybody. Here's Tane Howe. So I don't think that we talk about this enough, about, like, we all want to play cool. I interviewed Michael Jordan and the Washington uh, Wizards, and I wanted to play it cool. But, like, you're playing against guys that you know are going to be on the Hall of Fame stage. What's that, for you, what's that like? I mean... cool experience you know you talk about like the michael jordan thing like you know, i grew up watching you know like most of these guys uh and you know saying like oh i can't wait to play against him one day you know like it, it was always just like you know i grew up watching jt i watched you know sale kenley like guys that like you know you grow up and like you watch them like they're you know at the beginning of their careers and like you know you watch them and you know all throughout their career and like you know maybe in a younger guy and not you know having the time up here as they do and stuff like that getting to play with them and playing against them it's, it's, you know, it's fun it's an honor it's because something that you've always worked towards you know you, you love playing against the people that you look up to you know, mm. you're, you're essentially like heroes well when you're i mean i don't know when trout came in the league like 2012 whatever mm-hmm. it was and you struck him out I mean, could, do you at the moment does that go through your head like holy mackerel the guy who little Tanner Hoke was like watching yeah I mean you know in the moment no yeah, like, yeah I, there's still a job to be done like you know you can kind of look at those moments later in your life and say like oh, you know it was kind of cool I always use the exa- you know I always say like I, you know, I'm going to tell my kids like your dad was you know kind of cool at some point uh <laughs> But you know, I tell my kids that it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> click. But yeah, I mean, like it, it's, it's living in the moment while you're living in it. You know, like it, it's easy to look back, you know, ten years, five years down the road, and say like, oh, like, that was a pretty cool moment. There's mm-hmm. also, I think you appreciate it a little bit more, like whenever you do live it in that moment, like you know, and like kind of look like. Uh, you know, earlier this year, like you know, living that moment with Kenley, like you know, getting 400 saves. Like I was on the team, you know, with a guy that you know, one of seven, like now people have yeah, done, done yeah. that. I mean, like that's that's a cool moment. Like if you don't take a step back and realize how cool it is in the moment, like then it's. I think you know you don't really appreciate it as much as like you probably could have. So 
to get to you know play against guys like that to get to spend you know moment or spend time with people you know that have like those like really cool moments it's it's really fun like it's it's part of the reason why you wake up every day and you do this and you go out there and you continue to work and you know through the ups and downs and everything like that you know those those moments that you get to live you know whether you're doing it or living through someone else like it's, it's a unique moment who is your michael jordan not not just in terms of like somebody maybe you like came in contact with you like or you know, I can give you another example as an actor, but I'm not gonna. But like, is but anybody for you? Like, oh man. Uh, I mean, watching sales, like you know, sales. Growing up in Illinois, like you know, I remember watching sales when he was with the White Sox. You know, Kenley's been you know around for so long that I watched him as well for for many years. Um, you know, for me. Like, I, I always, like, gravitated towards A.J. A. Burnett. Oh, like, there you yeah, go. He was, like, one of my favorites yeah, growing nothing up. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, he was a sinker baller through, like, hard. Like, he, his presence on the mound, the way he presented himself, I, I was always, like, really cool. The, you know what the cool thing is? Is if he walked in, I don't know if have you ever met him. I haven't, no. Yeah, so if he walked in right now, you said that to him. You know how much that would mean to him? Yeah, like, it's it's just a, it's a cool moment. Like, I, I just... I don't know, like, like, like I said, like, everyone has someone that they looked up to, you know, at some point in their life, and that everyone, you know, to get to meet their hero or, you know, just someone that you look up to, like, it's a really cool moment, it's a really cool experience, so, you know, I, I know, like, Garrett loves, like, you know, Porcello, and mm. the relationships that you have in this game are, you know, there's so few of us and you know to mm. kind of be a part of that brotherhood it's cool so when you to go back to when you face these guys mm-hmm. because like i never faced Joey Itani, i never faced mm-hmm. mike trout is it does it is it one of these things where it just you are just like so laser focused in the moment and like scouting report mechanics mm-hmm. this it could have been joe blow whoever mm-hmm. but is it is it that simple it's easier said than done definitely mm-hmm. like but yeah like for me like I, I have a job to do like I have like you know was it was it harder when you first came up no no, no I you know I don't I don't think it was any different you know I really just tried to execute my pitches I was like hey strike one strike two like regardless of who's up to bat you gotta you know you gotta do those things and you gotta do them well and mm-hmm. yesterday I, I, I felt like I executed pitching against them pretty well and like you can show your kids I mean it's like yeah so if, if you had to say let's say 10 years from now mm-hmm. or no let's say 20 years from now because I, mean, I know you'll be probably out of baseball <laughs> 10 years you could still be playing what is it what if like looking back now if we could take a breath and you say your kids for me that was right now all the things that you've gone through that was the coolest thing and I'm talking about like a, a yeah. maybe it's maybe honestly maybe as well the way we just saw like for me strike out my trout's pretty cool yeah you know? I mean for me like one of my like core memories like that I've had so far I'll say it was 21 mm-hmm. uh, the wild card game and the playoffs um, it was just such an incredible group of guys came together you know played hard fought you know 
made it deep into the, deeper into the playoffs than anyone really counted us in for. Mm. Um, so for me, like that, I would say like that was like my true core memory that like I'll definitely like tell my kids about one day, uh, and hopefully you know many more post talking about many more post seasons. Yeah. Um, so for for me, like that's like right now like the top of the cake like it because that's what I've always dreamed about you know I always said you know win a Cy Young win a World Series you know all that stuff like growing up and you know 21 like arguably closest so far like so I mean not even arguably it it was the closest so far so yeah like I I would definitely say that was like one of the core as of right now but hopefully many more to come yeah the last thing is do I mean we're doing this exercise now yeah it's an important it's an important exercise to do let's absolutely let's stop and like I'm like oh my goodness like I'm I can tell my kids yeah. You know, my grandkids uh, was sitting here interviewing yeah. Titan Alec or, you know, the, 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 all the things that, like, because it's like I come in every day and I'm like, okay, there's David Ortiz. I got to talk to David Ortiz. You know, it's like, yeah. but it's important to, like, sort of, as you sit here, maybe to sort of reflect on that. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, like, it's living, it's living in the moment. Like, I know, like, everyone says it and everyone, like, you know, would preach it. Like, you know, you got to live in the moment of, like, what you're experiencing in your life. But, like, why not live that way? Why why live in the past? Why live in, like, you know, 20 minutes? Why live, you know, two days from now? Like, just worry about what's going on in the present moment. It's pretty cool, too. Like, you know, you get one life to live. So you might as well live it up, live up every second. Like, don't take advantage for it. That's one thing that, you know, I feel like I'm told a lot, like, in this game, is, like, you don't get to play forever. It will come to an end one day. Like, no matter how great you are, how great of a career you have, like, your career will end one day. And, like, you got to you gotta embrace every second up here. So I, I really do try and live that to the fullest because it's fun. Like, it, it, it's fun to be in the big leagues. Like, I think everyone here would say that. Like, through all the ups and the downs, like, it, it's still fun to be here. It's still fun to say you're part of this brotherhood, for sure. Congratulations. You check out Mike Trout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Uh, <laughs>